Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> <laughs> episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my good brother from the Bullocast. It's Philip. How's it going, man? Huey, it's Saturday night. Happy birthday, Huey. Yay! <laughs> thank you. Yay! Hey. I appreciate it. Dude, thank you so much. Thank you for spending your Saturday night, a.k.a. my birthday, with me. I really do appreciate it. I see why they call you Baby Huey. You don't look a day over 16. I know, dude. Here I am. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, so today I am the big 37 now. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> here, I, here I am, 24. I look like I'm 54. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, it's because you got the beard, man. So you got to be like me. Just stay beardless. And that, just show your baby face off like that. I, I might have to do that, but it's kind of cold out here now. <laughs> Dude, I know. I was, like, shocked, like, this past week. Like, okay, you know, well, you and I know, for all the clicksters listening online right now, around the world, because, you know, we do have a big worldwide listening audience, <laughs> is here in the Bay Area, we have great weather all year round, pretty much. Uh, and what's cool is, like, in October, we have what's called Indian Summer, which is normally, you know, it's fall time. And it's supposed to get cooler. But here in the Bay Area, we get some of our best weather ever. And remember, like, I remember, like, a month ago, remember, it was, like, super hot. We were sweating and, like, doing our uh, the podcast while I was doing it in my bedroom still at the time. It was super hot, and now here we are. It's uh, yes, it's mid-November, and now it's cold now. So I am freezing. I finally have a reason to wear my, uh, as you can see here. Well, I'm showing you via uh, our Zoom video call my Elite's hoodie that I don't wear too often, but now I can wear it because it's cold again. Got my Ric Flair shirt on. Woo! <laughs> Celebrate, and uh, yeah, drinking a little uh, Stone Cold beer. His uh, Broken Skull IPA from El Segundo. Brewing Company, which yesterday was the fifth anniversary of this beer being released. I was like, whoa, happy five-year anniversary to Stone Cold's beer. So cheers. I'll have a little sip of uh, some beer throughout the night to, to celebrate my birthday. So there we, there we go. Ah, good stuff right there. So, <laughs> no, but thank you once again, Philip, for... Uh, uh, for everything, you know, for being part of in the click and and all the support and you know hanging out with me, like I said, on my birthday, I appreciate it. it it's kind of tough because here we are, we're still in the pandemic, and it's kind of tough to like to go out and do stuff. Still, I mean, as, as you know, here in America, like the number of cases have gone up again. So here in California, things are kind of going backwards as far as 
decreasing, like people allowed in spaces and things are closing down again. So today I didn't really have much plan because I knew things were kind of all like closed down and there's not a lot of options. So, uh, yeah, it was a really simple, lazy day watching some wrestling and yeah, just prepping for uh, this podcast tonight. So thank you again for joining me. Absolutely, man. I mean, like my birthday is like January 4th. Hopefully something will be open and then we'll, we'll oh. tie yours in. We'll tie yours in. <laughs> a belated I'll, birthday party. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be a quarter of a century old. We'll tie it in. Or if not, we can just watch Wrestle Kingdom together. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what dates is Wrestle Kingdom this year? Is it the fourth and the fifth again? Okay, dude, you should watch it. Tommy and I stayed up last year and it was so much fun. It was tough because I'm not used to being up so late. But it was really fun to do it. So it, it was, I, dude, I, I'm, I'm so ready to do it again this year. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And there's a lot that's happened in New Japan. I already saw, uh, <laughs> Jay White sold the briefcase, the G1 tournament briefcase from, um, um, oh my God, what's his name? I'm spacing on his Kota name. Kodobushi. Kodobushi. Yes. So I don't keep driving New Japan super close throughout the year. I know I need to do a better job of that. Um, but. Uh, I saw that. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Well, if you want to l- listen to whatever's going on in New Japan, listen to Into the Stratosphere under the Bullycast umbrella. Cindy G, she does a great job over there. She had her, I think, her 15th episode today. So yeah. congratulations to Cindy. That's awesome. And then I uh, I know she covers Impact Wrestling as well. Impact had a big pay-per-view tonight as well, or kind of a pay-per-view. I think it was just on their streaming service. Like a, li- like a live special yeah. kind of deal. So uh, I know you and I were looking at the results before we hit the record button. So some interesting stuff there. So I don't want to spoil anything. So uh, if you want, go uh, check it out on their streaming service. So, um, But yeah, no, here we are. Uh, another episode of In The Click. Thank you to, once again for everyone joining us. Remember, subscribe. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Also, uh, follow us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, YouTube. Just search for In The Click and also in the click at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this right now, when you're done, go back and listen to our previous episode for that interview with the current MLW National Openweight Champion, Alex Hammerstone. Also, we all know Alex Hammerstone as the current West Coast Pro Wrestling Champion. So uh, I had a great interview with him talking about the restart from MLW. Returns this Wednesday, November 18th on uh, Fubo Sports Network, YouTube. They got a new deal with Pluto TV now, Bean Sports, the zone so there's plenty of ways to watch uh, mlw and uh, follow them at mlw.com for all the info uh but we a lot of fun talking about mlw talked uh primetime wrestling talked about west coast pro wrestling uh we talked about a lot of various things so please check that out and also the video is up on youtube as well so check that out and uh here we are philip a lot of stuff to talk about this week in aew but before we get into that um Unfortunately, uh, some sad news, or I guess uh, reflection. Is that the right word? Sad to... anniversary. Sad anniversary, yeah. That, that's a good way of calling it. So uh, yesterday, November 13th, was unfortunately the 15th the fifteenth anniversary of the passing of Eddie Guerrero. So, uh, uh, man, I can't believe it's been 15 years now. So, yeah, November 13th, 2005 is when Eddie Guerrero passed away. And, uh, man, I mean, just yesterday, you know, on Twitter and just social media in general, just everyone acknowledging it and just shows that to this day, he still has a huge following and, uh, fan base that just love and support him. And, uh, it, it, it's, 
uh, man, it's still tough to think about. And so I just thought for the sake of the anniversary, I think just be a good opportunity just to talk about him and his legacy, what he means to us, some of our favorite moments, all that stuff, just to pay tribute to one of the greatest all-time wrestlers. And I know even on your guys' uh, sh- uh, social media handles, you guys did some tributes as well, right? Yeah, I, I felt it was appropriate. because I mean, I started watching wrestling n- November twenty second, 2004. I caught the last year of his career and unfortunately his life. And I mean, he was one of the guys I clicked with right away. I mean, just an incredible performer. I mean, anytime I wrestled in my living room with my friends, I did the Eddie chair spot. <laughs> nice. I, I did the fake out chair spot. I mean, you had, you had to, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, was, yeah, yeah. he was so captivating. I mean, the, the storyline with Ray and Dominic, which is probably one of the best stories in WWE history. I mean, come on, like they tried to repeat it recently, the, the custody of a child in a ladder match. I mean, that was brilliant. Eddie, you could love him. And then on a dime, you could hate him, but you yeah. still loved him. Cause he was so beloved. One, one, one of those just truly great performers in the world of sports entertainment. And I mean, I remember that day, like it was yesterday, bro. Yeah. Me and my buddy, Damon, who got me into wrestling. We're, we're nine years old. Mm-hmm. We turn on raw. Everybody's on the stage. Vince breaks the news and we're just like, what? And uh, like, that was yeah. the, f- the first time like a celebrity or star death really hit me like, Oh my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, it's, it, it's, it's so unfortunate. I mean, I loved Eddie Guerrero. I still love him. Watch a couple of his matches. I mean, he won the biggest prize in the sport here in the Bay area. So mm-hmm. the Bay area is forever in, in tied with Eddie Guerrero and his legacy and his yeah. craftsmanship. Yeah, no, that's a great way to sum it up right there as far as uh, his legacy and the connection to the Bay Area. Yeah, it was what, No Way Out 2004, I want to say. Um, yeah, that February, it was, it was right before WrestleMania, um, they had the pay-per-view out here at the Cow Palace and took on Brock Lesnar and won it and the crowd erupted and one of the greatest moments in pro wrestling ever and it was here in our backyard. So that's just so cool to talk about and look back on. Um, I just figured let's just get this out of the way and we can talk about some other stuff with Eddie Guerrero, but it makes you wonder if Eddie Guerrero did not pass away, what would have happened wrestling up until now? And there's a lot of things. I mean, you just talked about, I remember that episode of raw as well when Vince McMahon and them announced his passing and just that whole episode was dedicated to him and all the wrestlers were just, you know, so upset and, paying tributes and just talking about him. And um, I, we don't spend too much time on it, but, you know, Chris Benoit was one of the guys that stood out in that episode. And, and the reason I bring it up, because it's kind of fresh in my mind, courtesy of Dark Side of the Ring. And then because uh, season two this year, the first episode was part one, part two of the Chris Benoit story. And the reason I'm bringing this up, because Eddie Guerrero's passing played a big part in that story as far as, what led to unfortunately the sad events, uh, tragic events of Chris Benoit and his murders and suicide and stuff. So what I'm getting at is it makes you kind of wonder if uh, Eddie Guerrero didn't pass away with Chris Benoit would not com- uh, committed those, uh, you know, heinous acts and would he still be alive as well? So that, that's something to think about. Like I said, no excuses for what Chris Benoit did. That was a horrible thing and all that stuff. But um, the reason I bring it up, like I said, because Dark Side of the Ring really made that connection of 
after Eddie Guerrero passed away, Chris Benoit went down this downward spiral and unfortunately led to all the events that of around him and his passing. So that just one thing that came to my mind. It was like, if Eddie Guerrero was still alive with Chris Benoit, still be alive and didn't commit, like I said, those murders, all that stuff. But anyway, that, like I said, I don't want to dread on it, you know, focus on more of the positive side of things. But uh, also, if Eddie Guerrero didn't pass away, man, just what other matches he could have had with all the talented guys coming to WWE for years to come. So it was 15 years ago. He was, what, 38 when he passed away? Let me just double check here. I think he would have been like 53 uh, right, right now. now. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. October I mean, 9th, 1967. So, yeah, he would have been 53 right now. So, it makes you wonder, he might have wrestled, who knows? You know, look at Chris Jericho. He's wrestling to 50. So, theoretically, Eddie Guerrero could have wrestled up until a couple years ago if he was still alive. So, imagine all the different dream matches he could have had with all the talented people coming to WWE uh, over the next 15 years or last 15 years. I mean, the, the biggest dream match, like, it was supposed to happen uh, that next year. It was supposed to be him and Sean at 22, which, oh, my God, if that would have happened, that would have yeah. blown the roof off the place. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, favorite Eddie matches, I mean, there there are so many. Obviously, the 1997 Halloween Havoc stands out for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, the the ladder match he had with... uh. Ooh, what, is it? what is it? Rob Van Dam on Raw for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. That one really stands out. Obviously, the SummerSlam ladder match with uh, Ray over the custody of Dominic. <laughs> well, that was funny because <laughs> uh, they talk about it. I forgot where, but it was like Vicky missed her spot. Vicky Guerrero missed her timing. So yeah. Eddie, Eddie fell off the ladder and Vicky wasn't out there yet. And he's like, where the F is Vicky? Where the F is Vicky? So if you watch it and listen to it, he's like screaming. And she finally comes running out, but she missed her timing. So a little bit of a botch there. But I mean, looking back on it now, we can joke on it or laugh about it. But yeah, there's so many great moments. I mean, for me, it goes back to, you know, uh, as a kid in the 90s and the Attitude Era. I remember him when he was getting his start in WCW and doing like the Cruiserweight stuff. And it's just amazing seeing him. Body wise, he was you know a little bit smaller compared to where he was up until his passing. So, but on the cruiserweight scene, he was tearing it up in those matches. Yeah, with uh, with Rey Mysterio and other guys, and and think about it, him and was it Jericho, Saturn, Malenko, like that group who were kind of like the the mid card guys that weren't getting a main event push in WCW over the, like the older veterans and stuff who were kind of hogging that scene. They all left and went to WWE and such an amazing move on their part. I mean, to really believe in themselves and take that leap and go to the, to the competition and it paid off for him and all those guys uh, more yeah, or less. I mean, him I, and Jericho, especially. Absolutely. I mean, what Saturn, Malenko, Guerrero, Jericho and Benoit, I mean, three out of yes, the five, yeah go on to become a world champion in WWE. So that, that, that worked out for them. And I mean, just, you really do have to think about it. Like you said, if he were still like, let's say he, I mean, he, he, that severe heart condition, maybe if it was like treated sooner, Mm -hmm. they could have kept him alive longer. I mean, we don't, we don't know what the outcome would have been, but I mean, Oh five. And then you look at guys that are coming in around that time. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it it would it would have been something very interesting to see. I mean, let's say he wrestled for ten more years after that. 2015. So yeah. you have Punk, Punk. Oh my God, Punk and Brian. Oh, Daniel Bryan, I, Kofi. I, I, uh, uh, I mean, Eddie Eddie wrestled Punk in, in Ring of Honor. 
That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Way back. Yeah. And and then because when he got fired for you know mm-hmm. uh, he had he had a like a, a couple drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, uh, addiction. And then I I posted this on the Bulletcast Instagram when uh Punk did an interview a couple like I think it was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. He, uh, Eddie taught him how to quote unquote read the room or listen to the audience mm-hmm. like at a WWE show when they turn off the lights and you know everybody make noise and woos and stuff. Mm-hmm. He talked about all right so. If you could hear, and if it was like a kind of a growl, there would be like more men in the audience. You would know you have to perform like a more hard hitting match. Mm-hmm. And if it was like women and children, you can kind of get away with doing some some kind of silly comedic storytelling yeah. stuff. And mm-hmm. that's just a credit to the to the brain of Eddie Guerrero and just a true psych, psychologist of the ring. And I'm pretty sure he would have been a coach in NXT or something. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's anyone who is that talented. And that great of a storyteller and character storytelling, that knowledge is so priceless and worth passing on to the next generation. So he would have been a great coach to pass it on to to the next crop of, you know, at that time it would be what FCW, which morphed into NXT and the Performance Center. So you can only imagine what he could have done, pay it forward to the next generation of superstars that we have right now. So it, it's there's so many what ifs, unfortunately, when you talk about someone who passed away way too young. And like I said, I, I, I he was so great. I mean, when he went to WWE and the stuff with, with Chavo Guerrero. I mean, obviously the storyline with China, but coming out with the low riders, stuff with Chavo. Uh, I mean, so his mamacita, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but going, you know, looking at the No Way Out and that rivalry with Brock Lesnar. I mean, really was a matchup of David versus Goliath in many ways, as far as big guy, smaller guy, and that promo he cut right before the pay per view on SmackDown, which. A lot of people kind of consider this generation's like Dusty Rhodes, you know, hard times promo as far as in that. If you haven't done it, I, I mean, maybe I should share on social at some point just to remind people. If you haven't yet, go look for it on YouTube. It's Eddie Guerrero's promo to Brock Lesnar in the ring on SmackDown. And it's just talking about addiction and how he's addicted. Sure, he was addicted to, you know, the drugs and all that other stuff. But he's now addicted to wrestling and getting that title and how he, since he's a, an addict, he's willing to do anything to get that title. Because when he sees that title, that means so much to him that you're the number one person in the company and you're able to provide for your family. And it, it, it's just he loves the highs from the crowd cheering him on, all that stuff. So it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. It's just that promo is so special. Something else. Go watch like uh after no way out like he his championship entrance he comes through the crowd because he was a champion of the people i mean the second yeah. uh, hispanic person to win the wwe title and i mean he was uh he was a, a man of color a, a minority to win the wwe title i mean we we obviously mm-hmm. like we had rock or whatever but like he <laughs> was like the only like guy to hold it for quite some time and to have somebody else you know to that you could kind of connect with on, yeah. on a certain level like that that, that that was super that was super cool that was awesome i mean r.i.p eddie guerrero viva la raza you lied you cheated and you stole our hearts absolutely wow great way to to sum it up right there but yeah no there's uh has been a, no one quite like him ever since i mean i know if you look ahead to today's you know roster right now they've uh like I think Vince McMahon quoted, he sees a lot of Eddie in um, uh, Angel Garza. 
So it kind of wonders maybe Angel Garza could be molded into the next Eddie Guerrero. Who knows? I think a lot of people are maybe hoping Andrade can kind of be the next Eddie Guerrero. I think that's wrestling fans. I, all, yeah. I have my money on uh, uh, what, Santos Escobar. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. he reminds me of like that sinister Eddie. Yeah, I mean, Angel is kind of more the player lover type as well. So, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think whenever there's such a great wrestler that people love so much and once they're gone people are always looking for the next version of them so right now we're kind of seeing this as far as as you mentioned andrade angel garza escobar santos escobar i mean they're all kind of right now people are anticipating one of them could be the next eddie guerrero who knows i mean i i i would assume all of them want to carve their own path, but I'm sure a lot of them would love to pay tribute in some way. I mean, that's the other thing, paying tribute. Look at Sasha Banks. I mean, she's a huge Eddie Guerrero fan. She wore, you know, she gear inspired by him. Peyton Royce had those pants for a while. They're Eddie Guerrero inspired. I mean, there's so much about him that is iconic. His ring gear, his wrestling skills. I mean, God, some of the magic. I mean, even Kurt Angle, remember where he took the, sh- the shoe off? And, you know, WrestleMania the- 20. Yeah, that was such a great match. I mean, there's so much to talk about Eddie Guerrero. I mean, we could probably spend easily an hour talking about Eddie Guerrero. But, yes, no, thank you to Eddie Guerrero for everything he's done for the wrestling business, all the years of entertainment for you and I and all the wrestling fans. And so much respect to him. RIP, our thoughts and prayers, of course, with his family and friends. Vicky Guerrero, to her credit, you know, Staying strong, start working for WWE after, became a great personality, the GM of SmackDown and a manager. Uh, his daughters are, you know, you know, working away. Uh, you know, one of his daughters was a wrestler, kind of some wrestling, married to Aiden English. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, they're doing their thing. So, I, and I think they've been, uh, you know, doing their best to uh, keep paying the tribute, respect to him of Eddie Guerrero moving along. So, but yeah, no, thank you to Eddie Guerrero for all the years of entertainment and, yeah, R.I.P. So, all right, let's go on, jump on over to this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And it's the, the first episode, I guess you could say, the fallout from uh, uh, AEW Full Gear, which was last weekend, the big pay-per-view, which you haven't done. So go back, listen to our review for that. A lot of fun. I think a lot of people, because uh, I was looking at some of the other reviews and comments, a lot of people love AEW Full Gear. A lot of people were arguing was this the best pay-per-view so far this year just from performance uh uh, booking standpoint i mean phil let me ask you this from a week's it's been over a week now your thoughts on full gear has it been the best pay-per-view this year uh i mean i mean at the beginning of the year with pay-per-views we had fans so (laughs) maybe maybe in the pandemic era we could we could say so even though there's like a limited capacity of fans, like it's still not full capacity. Yeah. It was better than All Out for sure. 100. Absolutely. Like it, it, it did go long, but like the course of the show, it didn't kind of drag. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I, 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 I think it was, a, I think it was a success. Absolutely. So uh, here we are at the. In many ways, this episode of of Dynamite. It felt kind of fresh, like almost like a season premiere in some ways. So uh, right out of the gates, I noticed different like graphics for AEW Dynamite and they kind of changed up the color scheme because before it was like oh, the intro intro video. It was new. It was like various members of the roster, like, you know, doing slow motion stuff to the camera versus the previous original intro, which was like more the rainbow colors. You know, explosion, smoke, and highlights from various matches. 
So they changed that up. They got the new like colors. It's like a blue now, and even the graphics are different. That's previewing each match. So they got real kind of like the orange and black, and it's like a blue and like a yellow and some other colors. So I don't know. I'm thinking, I, I, you know, it's always good to kind of freshen things up probably like once a year when it comes to TV like that. So I, just your thoughts on just kind of the new look so far? Um, I honestly, I didn't even notice. I, I turned. <laughs> I turned it on like five minutes late, so I didn't see the opening. But yeah. I'm I'm definitely like during the course of the recording, like I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out real quick and, okay. and, and see that. But, yeah. but you, you said you said it gave a fresh look to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like you say, anytime you know these wrestling shows who've been on. I mean, I know AEW that they're going into their second full year because we know what last month was the one year anniversary of Dynamite. So here we are, we're in the in the middle or the beginning of their second year of existence of dynamite on TNT. But yeah, I think once a year, a TV show like that, it's always good to kind of freshen things up. Um, you look at WWE every year or every other year, they kind of freshen up their graphics and stuff. So rightfully so WWE or AEW should do the same thing. So, um, I was going to kind of get into this maybe later on, but, uh, maybe we'll just address it first, right out of the gates as well. So going into AEW dynamite this week, there was a lot of, uh, hype going into this show and it all started from a tweet from Tony Khan and he tweeted quote tonight we have a great lineup for AEW Dynamite live on TNT 8pm Eastern 7pm Central for the rest of 2020 AEW will keep delivering great matches on Wednesday nights plus there are massive surprises ahead please join us on TNT tonight the balance of power in wrestling will shift tonight so that was the end of the tweet right there so a lot of people saw this oh, coming from the owner of AEW. He's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen on AEW tonight that I must tune in? And it's going to be like earth shattering, breaking news. It's going to be as that last sentence says, the balance of power in wrestling will shift tonight. So got a lot of people amped up, excited. Uh, just, you know, you and I were talking briefly before recorded. Just kind of your thoughts on a tweet like that. Well, so maybe there are bigger things ahead for the rest of the year. I mean, like they announced the uh, the world title match mm-hmm. coming up in December. But I mean, for tonight, what what massive shift happened in the show? Exactly. I mean, there was a return. That's awesome. There was a very interesting debut and promo that who I have <laughs> thoughts and opinions about. Okay. But I mean, nothing really shifted. Yeah. I, I mean, what like we saw Pentagon Junior's face. That's it. <laughs> Exactly. So that's the thing. And we'll, we'll keep referring back to this tweet throughout the, uh, the review of this episode. But yeah, I'm with you is what well, I guess a lot of people were complaining was it's like, okay, you're over he You're overhyping this episode of dynamite. And I think a lot of people felt he didn't, the show didn't deliver based on that type of hype. I think that tweet, if it was a little bit different worded, like if he says uh, the balance of power in AEW will shift tonight, I think just focusing on the promotion of him that self, that would have been a lot better. But the fact he said in wrestling, then you're looking at the entire like landscape of pro wrestling, you know, WWE, Ring of Honor, uh, uh, Impact, New Japan, MLW, NWA. So you're, I think a lot of people are assuming, okay, something's going to happen on AEW that's going to set them apart drastically from all the other promotions in existence. So it's like, wow, this must be something very huge. Is it a new signing? Is it something like 
like someone's going to turn heel or, or baby face, something major is going to happen. With that being said, I think if he would have worded it and just said the balance of power in AEW will shift tonight, I think that would have kind of bring it down a little bit and therefore not get everyone's uh, ex- expectations too high because it's like, okay, something's going to change and it's going to change how AEW structure a little bit. So I think that's the thing. I think the big discussion is overhyping. Uh, is Tony Khan kind of getting to a territory where he's like overhyping too much stuff now? Like every week he's like, putting out these tweets and like overselling what's going to happen. I don't know about you, you feel, but it's like for me personally, I don't personally get too caught up on it. I didn't see the tweet initially when it happened. It wasn't until when the show was over, when people started complaining that I was like, what's going on? People are complaining about the, a tweet. And so I went back and read it for me. Listen, I get it. It's a business. Tony Khan, he's trying to s- sell his product. I've been around a ton of people who oversell everything they do. I mean, God, for years, WWE, how many times you hear commentators say, oh, my God, that was the greatest match ever. That was the greatest promo ever. Oh, my God, did you see that move? That was the best move ever. So I'm kind of, myself personally, I'm just a little jaded when people say, like, the greatest or this is going to be the most shocking moment ever. I'm like, no, because... It's just, and you're in the moment and you're just trying to sell that moment. But for me, I, I was like, I always take a step back and be like, you just, you do your thing. I'll judge it for myself afterwards. So yeah, your thoughts on people maybe trying to overhype their stuff. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, I saw the show intro. It does give a fresh look to AW. Congrats okay. to them for that. Um, I mean, over, like, listen to the Bullocast. I overhype myself all the time. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a great show. Still listen. <laughs> but I mean, Tony Khan, he's been doing this for the, what, like, really this, this year alone. I mean, you go back to the match with Hager and, uh, Mox, empty arena fight. He's like, this is going to be one of the best world championship matches you've ever seen. Ah, it was a stinker. Yeah, I, I, I've seen pro wrestling gorilla world title matches better than that. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, he, he's a promoter. He's trying to uh, get more eyes on the product to the casual viewer that yeah. hasn't watched wrestling in like twenty twenty plus years. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I understand what he's doing. I I, I get that one hundred percent. But exactly. uh, I, I mean, if you're gonna put out tweets like this kind of give us a little bit you know you could have did something quasi big that would have got people talking in a positive way uh for that episode of dynamite and then you said there was going to be stuff to come for the rest of 2020 gradually just kind of keep that going you know mm-hmm. and then at the the last dynamite of the year boom big shocker oh my god what's going to happen in 2021 yeah yeah it's like listen like i said from a business standpoint i get what he's trying to do he's trying to bring eyeballs to the show so i'm not going to fault him for that that that's like any of us, and we were in the same position, we'd probably do the same thing. And for me, like I said, I don't get too caught up in tweets like that because it's more of like a, a, a sales related thing. If anything, like, like I, like I keep in mind, okay, this guy owns the company and he's saying it's going to be earth shattering episode. Yeah. He's just trying to sell it. It's like, calm down people. You're overreacting. But at the same time, I do worry though, if he does that too often, you're going to start seeing some diminished return and people will stop believing what you're saying and be like oh here he goes again saying oh here we go it's gonna be the best episode ever but we've heard him say that before so that's my concern where people are gonna get a little burnt out from hearing that so just a little warning for him if he listens <laughs> at all it's like you know just kind of be careful how you word some stuff and just be prepared for uh any backlash from that so all right let's jump into the, you know, the actual card for the show 
So once again, we got Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur doing the play-by-play and the opening match. So we get to see Matt Seidel take on the current FTW, well, the only FDW champion in AEW history, Brian Cage, and uh, uh, Taz and Ricky Starks come out as well. And, dude, this match was pretty hard-hitting, and and I, I, I thought it was a great little opener for the show. How about you? Oh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, it was kind of reminiscent of when Evan Bourne uh, back in the day would wrestle a bigger guy in WWE. He would have a good showing, but he wouldn't get the job done. <laughs> I, th- I, you know, I thought it was fine. And uh, um, when's Brian Cage going to lose the FTW title? See, that's the thing. It's like, what's the kind of the point of that championship at this at this point? It's like, what, what to actually do? Because like... Okay, okay, keep in mind. So, if I remember correctly, in the late 90s when Taz had it, it was because, uh, was it Shane Douglas or someone was avoiding to wrestle him to defend the ECW championship? And he felt he should be the champion or something. So, he went ahead and made his own championship. Yeah, it was basically a, a quasi interim world title, so to speak, in his mind. Like, no, I'm the real world's champion. I don't have the real thing, but here's my own, you know? Yeah. F the system, F the people that don't want me to be uh, on top. So I'm, I'm, I'm the champ. Here you go. That, yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, Taz said it's not officially recognized by AEW. If it's not officially recognized, then why are you able to defend it on their show? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, if anything, it's a prop to to just remind people that the guy holding it is a badass, if anything. So I just feel like, okay, how long is this going to be used before it's just like, okay, it's ran its course, almost like the 24-7 title on WWE. So, uh, but yeah, no, a, a great opening match. I love the finish where Brian pretty much catches Matt Seidel off the top rope and just, you know, uh, slams him to the ground and gets the victory there. Um, it's good to see, you know, Team Taz get a win here because, like, I feel like the three of them, they've been talking a big game, but they haven't been delivering on every aspect, but I get it. They're heels. So they're not going to win every time. If anything, they're putting over other baby faces, but, uh, but listen, I'm glad they got the win here. And then, you know, they're, they make out of the ring. Next up, we see Cody Rhodes. Yes. Cody Rhodes got his full name back once again, in case you forgot or didn't hear the news. So he comes in the ring to make a promo. And okay. So this whole segment, there's a lot to break down here. So, Let's go. Let's break it up into individual parts here. So, just focus on Cody's actual promo work here. Pretty much says, uh, Darby Allen, congrats to him. The right man won, but he's not going to go for a rematch right away. He's going to focus on something else, unfinished business. And he brings up MJF. So, yeah, Philip, your thoughts on Cody done with Darby, and I guess in a way, kind of done dealing with the TNT championship for right now, separate himself from that and wants to go after MJF again. Uh, well, I mean, he didn't make like a blatant statement of, he's just like, Oh, well, what's next for me? Maybe MJF, you know, we, we have to resolve some stuff there. Uh, it's cool for him to be away from the TNT title. I mean, he did, he had two runs with it. That's cool. He, he did, he did his part. It was, it was time for somebody else to um carry that championship. And so I, I think all of that's fine, but, what happens next? Yes. So, all right. So after that, um, a, a woman walks into the ring, and just Twitter alone was, uh, you know, very funny because a lot of people were like, 
tweeting, who is this? Who are you? What? So we see this woman comes to the ring, taps Cody on the shoulder, and Cody turns around and says, uh, who are you? <laughs> and she announces her name's Jay Cargill. Did I pronounce that right? Is it Cargill? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. it. Okay. Um, she cuts a really long promo, uh, in some ways a little drawn out, a lot of pauses, slow, you know, speech. Uh, I'm trying to think to sum it up. Long story short, she just said, uh, Cody calls himself the giant killer. She doesn't see anything giant on him. And his words as of late has pissed off a giant that she knows. And, um, she uh, uh, starts walking out of the ring and she says like she's a total package kind of flaunting, you know, flexing a lot. I mean, she's wearing a really, you know, amazing outfit on her showing off, her, you know, her, her, her goods. And um, uh, she goes out of the ring and she tells Cody, congrats on getting your full name back. So now you're j- you're back to being two names. Uh, Cody Rhodes, I guess you're not man enough to keep one name. But the guy she knows, the giant she knows, has one name. Okay, so before we get into the last part of this, okay. um, I, Cheap Heat, Peter Rosenberg, and Stat Guy Greg, they, they broke this down okay. uh, thoroughly. <laughs> and look, you know, new talent, it, it did go on kind of long. She could have said, like, she could have thrown out the nicknames. It said she knows a real giant Shaq, which, I mean, dude, look, I didn't give, I didn't care when Shaq was going to wrestle Big Show. I don't, I don't care if he wrestles Cody Rhodes. I mean, I get it, TNT cross-promotion, that's all great or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no. Cody can be like, I'm the king of TNT. Shaq be like, oh, I'm the real king of TNT. And all this <laughs> other stuff, they'll fight and maybe Shaq will dose him with uh, Shaq soda because people just get beverages poured on them in AEW. Um, so, yeah, I mean, her promo did go on too long. I mean, she looks physically fantastic. But if she just yeah. came out there and didn't say anything, all right, what's the point of her being out here? She could yeah. have said very little and kept it short, sweet, and concise. Yeah. And the whole one name thing, okay, yeah, that's that's a dig, you know, because we know Cody's been trying for, like, the last four years to get his name back. He finally did his success. Um, so all that was the name comment, okay, but still, like I said, she goes on for too long. Yeah. Too long. It was very dragged out, and but she was taking a lot of pauses and, like, waiting. So I don't know if that was by design. Someone told her, like, hey – you know, say your sentence, pause, let the crowd react, even though, you know, it's not a big crowd there. So, um, so it, it, it's for me, like when I'm watching this, I'm like, I speed it up or like cut this down a little bit. So, um, so we, she stands there and says that the giant she's referring to is Shaq. And I'm with you. I was kind of like, okay. Like my reaction was, oh, so listen, we all know. Uh, besides like ABC slash ESPN, uh, the NBA's biggest TV channel is TNT, and they have a big, you know, the NBA on TNT, and Shaq's one of the personalities there. AEW is also on TNT. So, like what you just said, okay, is this going to lead to some cross promotion? Because the NBA season is going to be, I think, starting back up around Christmas time. So maybe they're just trying to get some cross promotion going. But I'm with you. I was kind of like, that's it? Huh? Like, I wasn't, like, blown away. I I love Shaq. Like, I grew up watching Shaq. But Shaq hasn't played in a long time. And, I mean, you know, he still does his stuff on TV with TNT. Great for him. But it's kind of like, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, is he going to wrestle? I mean, who knows? Like, like you said, for the longest time, we thought he was going to wrestle the big show. But that never happened. And apparently there was some issues behind the scenes. I don't know if, like, insurance-wise or something. 
but now all of a sudden he's going to wrestle <laughs> Cody. So maybe there's more to the story why he didn't work out in WWE. But anyway, I was, yeah, I'm with you. I wasn't like that blown away by the announcement of Shaq. But here's something that they didn't address. And I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it was this episode of being the elite this week's episode. Shaq was in it for like a quick second, a cameo. So go watch this week's episode being the elite. Uh, the young bucks are, uh, I think it was them walking down the hall and Nick, uh, says hello to Shaq. Shaq was backstage sitting down and he said, Hey, what's going on? And like, thank them for coming. And they kept walking. So Shaq was there at full gear backstage. And I think that was announced that he was there, but he didn't actually appear on the pay-per-view. So anyway, Shaq already, the, the, the Easter eggs are being placed that he's, you know, starting to have some involvement with AEW. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah, that, that a- aspect of it, I was like not super blown away. And I think a lot of people initially thought based on Tony Khan's tweet, was that the shift in power in wrestling? Was it Shaq? So I think a lot of people already were like, that's it. I mean, there's more to it to the end of the show we'll get into. Uh, but probably the big highlight of this segment was then Brandy Rhodes coming out and just laying into her. And oh my God, the promo she laid was awesome. Would you mind if I play a little bit of the audio? Oh, sure. J- just a little bit. Okay. Okay, so a couple things. All right, please break it down. Um, as an African American, <laughs> this is coming from you know just a representation and all that stuff. Okay, we've never seen Brandy Rhodes act like this ever. Yes, ever. She's always been held with elegant and class, kind of like <laughs> a like a Michelle Obama or even a Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, right? Yeah, good, good, good call. Yeah, yeah. So I mean now. This could be the way she really acts, you know. She, we don't know. She, at home, you know, Cody could leave his underwear on the floor. She, she could be like, "Did you, did your ditzy ass really just leave your drawers on my kitchen floor?" You heifer? could really be like, that. like we don't know. And the term heifer, bro. Oh my, okay, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. The term. So Let heifer is like a, you know, it's a baby cow. It's a baby cow. Oh. But in African American culture, it is a derogatory term African American women use against each other. Oh. Like heifer, you stole my man. I can't tell you how many times as a child, okay. being a little teeny Philip, in yeah. the salon when my mom's getting her hair done, hearing the the the, the beautician you know call another girl heifer like in a yeah. joking way or even in, maybe in a derogatory way, and so yeah. I'm like, oh, we're we're. We're doing this. Okay. All this right. Is, this is what we're doing. And she's portraying the maybe quote unquote angry black woman. Mm. I mean, she went like she went from like Michelle Obama to like Monique from the Parkers. If you've ever seen that sitcom. 
I'm like, oh, all right. Or, uh, uh, um, on Martin, uh, is it Shaniqua? Uh, Martin Lord's uh-huh. character when he dressed up in in. Oh uh, yeah, Shanene. Shanene, sorry. My bad. That, so that's 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 what it is. I mean, the fire was the fire was good. Uh, people have been like, "Oh, Stephanie McMahon type promo, woman yelling." I'm like, uh, "Okay, I guess." The people are like, "Oh, Brandy saved this Brandy. She went from zero to 100 real quick. She went hood on her. All this stuff." And I'm like, "I, I, 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 I don't know, man. I've had some time to sit on it. I'm just like." I mean, is she going to be the angry black woman now? Yeah. Okay. So in the moment, I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. It was great. It was a side of her we have not seen, but it was very shocking because, as you said, she presents herself very high class. I mean, you know, Cody is one of the EVPs, and she's the um, what's her job title? Like like Stephanie McMahon's job title, the um, br- uh, brand officer, yeah, yeah. So, brand so ambassador she, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So she is an executive of sorts. So. In some ways, you got to uh, hold her up to like a higher standard, a professional standard. So to see her kind of break it down, as you said, kind of go more like street level. It's like, whoa, that's kind of shocking. But like I said, in the moment, I thought it was entertained. But yeah, moving forward, is this something we're going to see more of? Or, you know, maybe she just brings it back and she only does it once in a while. So when she does deliver it, it does have more emotional value because we don't see it that often. So it was... It was entertaining, man. So, uh, um, very interesting. And so, how's this going to play out next? Maybe we'll have a mixed tag like Cody and Brandy taking on Jade and Shaq, maybe? I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know how this is going to play out. How's this going to work? Or what's going to be, you know, what's going to be worth it? I hope we, I, I hope we, right? Don't see I pray like she's only been wrestling like she started training a year ago you said yeah so I was just looking about Wikipedia so for anyone who wants to look so she does have uh she's 28 currently uh she has a background in basketball uh she's 5'10 so she's definitely as you saw very tall so she played basketball in high school and college uh but she started training in 2019 at let's see AR Fox's WWA4 Academy then with the Heath Slater's face to face wrestling and then QT Marshall's Nightmare Factory once she signed with AEW. And that's the other thing. It was announced, I think, the next day that she officially signed a contract with AEW. So um, I, I saw this online. I had not a chance to double check or fact check. But I don't think she's actually had a match yet at all. So it looks like she's been training for the last year. But she hasn't actually had a match yet. So... I mean, it's kind. Of, I, I mean, I'm kind of worried for the women's division if that's a little bit of a gamble. But unless, I mean, she looks like obviously she's an athlete, played basketball, so maybe she has some raw natural talent that we haven't seen yet. Obviously, I want to have, I want to be optimistic and have have high hopes that she's going to probably be an awesome performer. But the fact she hasn't wrestled a match yet, you know, probably from an audience, little 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 nervous hearing that. But I want to give the benefit of the doubt that you know they signed her for a reason, so. Uh, we'll see, man. I mean, listen, we know that women's division yeah, is over, we, has issues. Look, we, we, we know they needed women, but Jesus, people <laughs> that haven't had a match yet. I mean, look, bro, she could be, she could be a China, you know, physically imposing, but she mm. can talk and make it short and concise, you know, and the little yeah. tap on Brandy's booty. I'm like, Oh, huh. Yeah. We're, we're, we're playing this game. That's well, interesting. Yeah. What was that for? I saw that too. I was like, uh okay. It was like it was like good game, good game, girl. Okay, you you did it, Heffa. All right. Okay. So that, then that's the whole thing happening. I mean, 
Look, man, I, she can't have her first match on TV, bro. No. That, that, that I mean, cannot happen. Like, this is why you need a performance center. This is exactly why. I know they have, like, the Nightmare Factory or whatever. Yeah. She needs to be in that thing all day. Here, okay. I Totally random thought that it came to me, I think, yesterday. And I haven't put it out there publicly or anything. This is so random. I, I know it's probably not even true. But hypothetically, what if... Okay, so remember there was rumors AEW last year before they really got started and they were trying to figure out talent that there was a rumor that AEW was trying to maybe purchase Impact and that way they can inherit that roster so they have like a built-in roster right away. There was some rumor. I, I, I Please, it's just a rumor. So who knows if it's true or not. What if this, I'm just throwing this out there. We saw Don Callis uh, at Full Gear on um uh, on saturday and uh what if like listen AEW has dark and dark is features a lot of the younger talent a way to give them matches on tv i guess directly on youtube an audience to perform in front of but they still need more reps and impact you know has a lot of young talent as well what happens if there's a way to maybe form a working deal and maybe some of the new talents that AEW signs Maybe send them over to Impact and let them perform there, work on their craft, and then bring them back in some way. Or like some talent exchange. That way they get more reps that way. I'm just thinking. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, I mean, that, that'd be interesting. I mean, hmm, I, this may solve the women's division problem. The promotion Shimmer, do they sign people to contracts? I'm not sure. If, I, they, well, if they do buy up that promotion, you inherit all that talent. Boom, yeah. that fixes your woman's division. The Shimmer, uh, Shimmer, where are they based out of? I have no idea. I think it's Nicole Savoy. She's still yeah, the champion there. I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, sign her up, too. She's great. Love her. She appeared once. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, the, well, yeah. Going back to Jade, like she needs to be in that nightmare factory with QT training nonstop. Yeah. You know, training like at least five, six days a week. So, okay, so under the AEW umbrella, and that brings a good point as far as the performance center. So they have the Nightmare Factory as QT Marshalls. That's in Atlanta, Georgia. And then Dustin Rhodes has his own wrestling school. Is that in Texas as well? It might or? be in Austin. Okay, so they have like these wrestling schools that I would imagine are under the AEW umbrella, um, but it's not necessarily like. I mean, I would think maybe the Nightmare Factory is probably more closely related to uh, AEW because it's QT Marshalls and it's Net Nightmare Factory, like, you know, playing off Cody Rhodes' nickname. So, um, yeah, like, I think they should have, like, some sort of performance center where people can work out because they are signing a lot of young talent. But that's the thing. They don't, they're not, other than Dynamite and Dark, there's not a lot of shows for them to go perform and work on their craft. So, I would love to know where are they working out and performing in a ring just to get their reps in. That's very interesting to see. So I, I hope in her case, she's working out and getting better. Cause I would love for her to come out there and just be an awesome performer. I mean, it'd be interesting, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of other female talent out there uh, that they haven't signed yet, which is shocking to me as well. So uh, who knows? Maybe they see something in her. That's 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 we haven't seen yet. And we'll wait and see. Also, a little side note. Um, she does have a pretty good big following on Instagram. And she actually got some traction, I think, a couple weeks ago. She did some uh, pretty awesome cosplay of Storm from the X-Men. 
So uh, I check it out. She looks just like Storm from the comics and was getting a lot of attention. So uh, I think that's where a lot of people kind of saw her at first couple weeks ago. I was like, who's this person? Great cosplay. So, uh, yeah, it's been a busy month for her for a lot of attention for herself. So I don't know. I, I want to see what happens. I, I want to be optimistic that she's going to be this amazing, you know, performer for AW and really can help the women's division. And that's another thing about the women's division I want to get into maybe towards the end was the, uh, once again, more uh, love for the NWA instead of their own women's division, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, but then real quick, at the end of this segment, we saw um, uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks come out, attack Cody Rhodes, and then Darby comes out, makes the save. And and then we see Will Hobbs finally come out at the very end. But he was like super late. Like Brian Cage, Ricky Starks are pretty much like in the tunnel by the time Will Hobbs came out there. So I was like, Will, you should have came out like two minutes earlier. You wouldn't find. But yeah, so it looks like it's going to be set up next week. Darby Allen, Cody Rhodes taking on uh, Taz's crew of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. So, so that should be a lot of fun. So anything else from that overall segment, <laughs> Philip, for you that stood out? I think we spent like 30 minutes on it. I think we're good. <laughs> I know, dude. It was so long. <laughs> so uh, so let's kind of bust through the rest of this real quick. So uh, uh, we saw Moxley do a backstage uh, interview with Alex Marvez, just talking about how much he means means to him to be champion. How originally he wanted to come to AEW and just you know, beat up people. And now he's champion and realize how much more that means to him and what it represents for the fans and stuff. So, uh, And then he you know, addressed that his next opponent is going to be Kenny Omega. And he said, I beat him once last year in a non-sanctioned match. I beat him. So I'm 1-0 against Kenny Omega in AEW. So keep that in mind. That little detail is very important. Um, And then after that, uh, we saw the announcement that Moxley is going to be defending the championships against Kenny Omega December 2nd on Dynamite. So your thoughts on that match happening on an episode of Dynamite and not a pay-per-view? Uh, I mean, it's too far away. February. Uh, that's, their, that's their next pay per view is in February. Correct. Yes, and that's at the tail end of February. So yeah. that's 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 like what? Ooh, you're, you're talking about almost ninety days, so to speak. That's that's too far away. Yeah. Uh, it's it's fine, man. Uh, I mean, the question is, can can Kenny Omega really get the job done? We don't know. And I mean, Omega has a promo later on in the show. I don't know if mm-hmm. you want to get to that now, but it, it, he said. Um, it wasn't a sanctioned match, so we're 0-0. Mm-hmm. It was a lights-out match, and those don't count against your record. Yeah, so let's go jump into that. So later on, uh, Dasha was supposed to interview Kenny Omega. He wasn't there, and then it was announced he was leaving uh, Daly's place. So Marvez is running down Kenny Omega and starts talking to him in the parking lot. And yeah, he said... Um, he says, you know, for, for the longest time, for the last year, he heard all the rumors, people talking... Uh, people are like, where's the cleaner? Is the cleaner going to come back to AEW? The big bout, Kenny Omega, the one that we saw in New Japan, like he name dropped New Japan. He's like, everyone's been wanting to see that side of Kenny Omega again. Well, guess what? He's back or he's coming back. So I, I got excited. It's like, finally, like we're getting this. We're getting the cleaner back in some ways. Now he was talking to somebody on the phone. Could it, oh. could it be Kota Ibushi? so to speak. I mean, oh. obviously he would have to talk to Kota in Japanese and that would just be too big of a hint. Uh, <laughs> I mean, could it be Marty Skrull? You know, somebody that knows the cleaner qu- quite well. Mm. Uh, I mean, you, you, we, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. And another thing with John Moxley's promo, he he does the raw raw uh, champion of the people promo very well without like actually making it corny. 
Yeah, it's like it, it's it's short and concise. Like I, I, he 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 has such a demeanor about him that I fought for this so hard and all, all this other stuff, and I really like that. Yeah. So the thing I was gonna say real quick about also Kenny Omega is yeah he said like listen you know on paper I looked it up we're zero and oh we're zero and zero we have I have not lost him he hasn't lost to me so. I like to pay attention to the detail of the non-sanctioned match from last year. So in his mind, he's like, he has not never lost to John Moxley. So on paper, their next matchup is going to be a traditional match in the ring, regular rules. So he says that's going to be in his favor. Cause you know, he's big about, you know, machine, uh, wrestling machine, Kenny Omega. So that's going to be really interesting how this plays out. And I'm actually kind of excited. It's going to happen earlier in December, December 2nd on dynamite. Now it makes me wonder a couple things. Is Moxley going to drop the title there? And then after that, is he going to go to Japan to defend that U.S. championship in New Japan, the IWGP? I think it's against Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom. So maybe he has that obligation to go over there. So probably drops the title, then goes to New Japan, has to quarantine probably for, what, two weeks before Wrestle Kingdom happens and... And then he can come back to AEW. So that's an interesting question. Is just that crossover there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this match plays out. If Moxley can actually drop the title to Kenny Omega and then goes to New Japan to defend the U.S. championship. Or does he hold on to the title? There's some wonky finish. Maybe Kenny, uh, Hangman Adam Page interferes and per- causes Kenny the match. And that can like lead to like a rematch maybe at the next pay-per-view in February. But then that'd be maybe some good publicity right there. John Moxley going to Wrestle Kingdom as both AEW champion and the IWGP US champion. So I, it's going to be interesting. The booking of this match is either Kenny flat out wins or Hangman maybe interferes, costs Kenny the match and Mox retains or Mox just wins cleanly. So that's going to be interesting. Do you have any feelings or what, what would you want to have to play out? Mox kicks out a one wing angel and retains. Wow. Bold yeah. statement right there. Okay. That's, that, that's that's what I'm going with. And then, you know, Kenny, he's going to have to really channel that, that inner cleaner, that, that guy that wore those sinister shades that kicked AJ Styles out of the Bullet Club. He's going to have to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll be looking forward to that. Uh, next up was the Bunkhouse match, the Butch and the Blade with Bunny taking on the Natural Nightmares of Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Man, this turned to a bloodbath very fast when QT Marshall got hit in the head with a guitar and got busted open. And, uh, man, I loved the decor, you know, the haystacks and the cowboy feeling around the ring. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Everyone was wearing white. So I think very much telegraphed that some blood was going to happen to really show off the blood stains and stuff. But yeah, your thoughts on this match here. Well, uh, first off, tell Richard to watch AEW because apparently he likes guitar shots to the head. Yes, good, <laughs> good knowledge. That's why you have to listen and the click, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, this it, it was it was interesting. It was a little kind of clunky at times. I mean, Butcher just taking uh, that face buster or really body buster onto the chair. You see it bend because of his weight. Uh, I mean, QT and uh, Blade they're they're fighting over Ali. And they got so bloody. Ali goes through a table. Yeah. I mean, they were bloodier than a medium rare steak. <laughs> <laughs> this was a, a a pretty damn hardcore match. Just given away on you know free cable TV. I was kind of amazed. Like this was a like almost a pay per view level match that could have been 
you know, like on a pay-per-view of some sort. So I was really impressed. Um, just, the, the, you know, the, 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 the violence in this match and the blood. But for me, I guess going into it, I was kind of like, cause they announced at full gear. Oh, it's gonna be a bunkhouse match. And I was like, what? Like how we get here. That's kind of like a big match for, a for a, a tag match, but they quickly showed a little video package in the beginning, quickly just summing you up. I mean, this is a story that pretty much played out on dark. And so unfortunately I don't watch dark on a regular basis. So emotionally, I didn't know too much of the storyline here, but they just said, yeah, we know bunny was coming out with QT Marshall, but apparently she left him, used up his credit cards, went back to uh, butcher and the blade and uh, uh, butcher and blade beat them up on dark last week. And so, which led to the challenge at full gear. So, um, <laughs> I mean, let's say it was kind of random. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of torn as far as these matches having so much storylines being built outside of Dynamite, like on Dark, and then have the match happen on Dynamite and be kind of lost. Like, for me, I was a little bit lost. It was like, why should I care about this match? That was my only thing. Yeah, I mean, what what makes two, two men uh, fight each other to the brink of death? A woman. Look, <laughs> at, Savage, look at Savage and Hogan, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah you, you, you know so uh i i guess you could kind of be like oh yeah man i've had beef with a dude over a girl before i understand we all I, have. <laughs> I, I i i guess you could under you could go that route but i mean it, it it happened i mean i don't watch dark i haven't watched it jesus i don't think i've ever watched a full episode to be honest with you i mean they're long they're like over two hours sometimes like, they like six, they have more matches than wrestlemania i know <laughs> It's ridiculous. Come on, man. Like, they really need, like, a third show or something. Oh, no. that's I don't, I don't think they need to do that. Just, just, throw dark, just throw Dark on TBS. Give us five matches. The, the end. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but this match happened. It was, like, if you're a hardcore fan, I'm sure you would love it. So, uh, a lot of great spots there. And QT actually picked up the pin, He uh, the, the victory there. So, kind of, I was kind of hoping maybe Butch and Blade would get the win. Because I think for them to really set them up, I think they have more of a chance to be like one of the top tag teams. So I thought a win for them would have really helped solidify that. But hey, Babyface is one here. Cool. I'm all for that. And so yeah, it was a bloody mess. And yeah, kind of a shocker. I just wonder if AEW is getting into the habit of too many bloody matches now. Like, listen, I enjoy a good blood match when it calls for it. Um, it's actually kind of refreshing to see in some ways because WWE doesn't do it anymore. So, but AEW does it so much on a regular basis. I wonder if it's a little bit of a diminished return. Like, okay, here we go again. Another bloodbath. So just some little food for thought on that. Um, let's see. Next up, we saw um, MJF and Wardlow's induction into the inner circle. Very much like a, like a rock and roll hall of fame or any type of hall of fame induction ceremony. I like that. They got like special music. They come out. Uh, Inner Circle comes out and introduces them. And uh, long story short, Sammy Guevara's not there. Chris is like, where is he? They're all like, I don't know. Um, MGF cuts uh, a promo. And yeah, Phil, I'll let you take it from here. Just your thoughts on MGF's promo and uh, his uh, his choice of words, I should say. Uh, well, I mean, it, I, I like the, the rock and roll style induction that happened. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think it was that same week. Yeah. You know, so shout out Biggie Smalls. He went in. My yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Notorious B.I.G. Uh, yeah. I mean, MJF, you know, he started from the bottom. Now he's here. You, you know what I mean? Five years. He's only been wrestling five years. Oh, his father gave him a small loan of a million dollars. And look <laughs> at him now, you know, 
countless Burberry scarves, five years in the business. He's a part of one of the one of the best factions in the world today. You know, he beat a man that celebrated 30 years in this business. You have to love it. I yeah. mean, him using Drake lyrics, obviously I popped for it because <laughs> I'm a big Drake fan and I'm, you know, I'm Canadian. <laughs> Look at you. So I, 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 thought that, I thought that was okay. And, you know, they're going to Vegas. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, it's like, I paid for it here. We're all going. and I mean, the, uh, They're I like, there right now, I think. So they're, they're filming it as we speak. Yeah. So they were documented on social media. It's like, oh, my God. So. And then uh, later on, we see them talking backstage. Sammy Guevara shows up, and he's like, "Hey, I was on the beach." And uh, MJF's like, "Well, I sent a second email. I said, no, we're going to do it in here now." And so Guevara's pissed, like, "You guys left me out, or you know, MJF, you left me out on purpose. You didn't include me." And they all walked off. So um, we see kind of you know turmoil building up right there. So I'm kind of curious how this Las Vegas trip is going to play out in this whole thing. Like a, uh, like a hangover situation, like the movies. Sammy's going to be wandering down Fremont Street, in which you, if you've been to Vegas and been down Fremont Street, you've you, you've you've seen some very interesting things. Yeah, that's the <laughs> old old Las Vegas, the old Las Vegas trip. So yes, sir. I'm sure there's going to be some fun stuff, some fun uh, shenanigans, and so I think we kind of cool. Maybe on this episode of Dynamite, maybe they they cut to it throughout the night. So, like, they'll have, like, different segments chopped up and played throughout the night of Dynamite of, like, what happened to them. Um, I thought it was funny. Like, they're celebrating, you know, MJF says, As we're also going to celebrate Jericho's birthday. And, like, the confetti and the balloons come down because of the high wind just immediately blow away. <laughs> so, uh, Hager's like, yay, balloons. And, like, oh, they blow off right away. So, that was kind of funny. Like, oh, the balloons are gone. So, uh, the segment itself, I thought it was pretty funny and entertaining, and it got me amped up for Vegas. So, uh, real quick, we just saw Young Bucks uh, do an interview backstage, you know, celebrating their tag team win, championship win. Uh, they're going to take on Top Flight next, another young uh, upcoming tag team of brothers. So, uh, it's going to be cool, brothers versus brothers. So, that's going to be interesting on next week's Dynamite. Um, Next up, we saw Sean Spears take on Scorpio Sky, a match that's been in the build-up uh, build for the last few weeks. Um, interesting match here. I mean, it's a little rivalry they've had going. Scorpio Sky got the victory. Or, no, excuse me. Sean Spears got the victory because he you know, cheated with the loaded glove. Tolly Blanchard jumped up, threw in uh, those little metal plates on one for uh, uh, Sean, the other one for Scorpio. Scorpio didn't take his. He threw it out. Sean took his and hit Scorpio and got the victory. And then... Took it out, put in his drink trunks before the ref could check his glove. So, uh, yeah, we th- what do you think of this whole match here? Um, what has this been building up on dark? Uh, yeah, a little bit dark and like, uh, it, yeah, it's it's a, it's one of those other uh, rivalries that's been building up in other places. I had higher hopes for Sean Spears, you know, after you know with the whole Cody thing, and I mean, it just hasn't really worked out. I mean. Hell, you, Tully Blanchard started managing FTR. They immediately won the tag titles. I mean, like, that's man. an interesting thing. It's maybe at some point we could break down some of these guys is uh, time in AEW so far. If any, what, like good or bad, like, yeah, Sean Spears, he hasn't done much with Tully Blanchard. He hasn't done anything, accomplished much, but even unfortunately, Scorpio Sky, like, I've had high hopes for Scorpio Sky. I'm a big fan of his. He hasn't done much. And so I kind of wonder, I don't know, do you, who would you think, I mean, guys, this is an open-ended question we could say for another time, is um, 
who from the AEW roster might eventually make the jump to WWE? And like I, I saw online, some people think Scorpio Sky could be one because like, listen, he's he's in the mix, but he's never really been brought up to the next level. So maybe he can. I, I'm not speculating anything, but maybe you know, maybe he could be a little frustrated. And like, I really thought he should have won a TNT Championship a while ago, but. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe he might make the jump and think he can do bigger things elsewhere. I don't know. This is just one speculation, but it's uh, I mean, it's good. It keeps both these guys busy. But yeah, it is what it is. So who knows what's next for them? Hopefully they move on to separate things now. So uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. Next up, we saw Tay Conti take on Red Velvet. Tay Conti got the victory, even though Anna Jay from Dark Order, her friend tried to give her the chair to use, and she said no. She wanted to win this the right way, kicked it out. They hugged it out. We see the Dark Order lurking in the tunnel, staring at them. So I guess uh, Tay Conti still trying to be recruited for the Dark Order. So cool. Good match. It's just, for me, great. I'm great for Tay Conti and Red Velvet to get TV time on Dynamite. I love that. But for me, it's like, where's where's your champion? Where is uh, Sheeta? Like, she won at full gear. You don't acknowledge her in any way. You know what I mean? So it's just frustrating. It's like, for that women's division, you should do more with your champion. And then we saw they made the announcement. Um, uh, Thunder Rosa is getting a rematch for the NWA Women's Championship next week on Dynamite against Serena Deeb. So it's like, they're promoting the NWA Women's Championship more than their own AEW Women's Championship. So I don't know. Did, did, did Billy Corgan make a deal with AEW to give them more screen time? I don't know. Uh, I, I have no idea. Look, here's what you do. Build up Britt Baker. Let her beat uh, Hikaru Shida. The title's on the, the show every week. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just that simple. And Britt, you know, she doesn't have to wrestle every week. She can. She's a pretty decent promo. She can do, like, her little segments with the Rebel, Rebel, Rebo, whatever her name is, and Tony Schiavone. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's fine. That way you, you kind of do what Moxley does. He's not physically there every week but he does cut the mm-hmm. uh, pre-tape promos you can yeah. do that with her that's fine i mean like as a kid like how many times did you actually see hogan you know what i mean mm-hmm. it was a big yeah. deal when they did show up exactly yeah exactly yeah we're, we're used to that with brock lesnar anyway <laughs> so uh, uh and then uh, uh uh let's see uh main event time we see eddie kingston come out uh, cuts a pretty funny promo, telling all the marks in the crowd to shut up and stuff, and then goes to the commentary booth. And then the main event, it's the Lucha Brothers, uh, Penta, Pentagon, or excuse me, Penta El Zero Miedo against Ray Phoenix in the main event. Philip, let me ask you this. How we get here? How did this match happen? Like, this rematch? Like, listen, I know they fought each other in that first round of the tournament for the number one contendership, and Ray Phoenix won, but then unfortunately was injured. So Penta actually got the match against uh, uh, Kenny. But still, it was like, what's the point of this rematch? I'm just kind of confused. Like, I know there was the promo a couple weeks ago with Eddie Kingston and the two of them telling him, listen, you're hurt. Your brother's going to take your spot now. But still, I was just kind of confused. I wish they, I wish commentators or whoever would just remind people, be like, this is why this rematch is happening. Like, don't get me wrong. On paper, this is going to be an amazing match. And it was a fun main event. But it's just like, why did we get here? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sure why why we got here. I mean, obviously what but Phoenix beats his older brother and I guess older brother was like no 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 no. I I I can I can get the job done. And I mean it was it, it, it was weird. I mean, Eddie Kingston's on commentary like I thought they're all supposed to be a family, but Eddie's talking trash about Ray Phoenix cuz <laughs> yeah. Pentagon that's my best friend. That is my best friend. Yeah. And then you know they're ripping each other's masks off, which in Mexico you're disqualified if that yeah. happens and we you know we're not supposed to see their faces. And dude, they were ripping each his face the mask off and you pretty much saw all their face so i'm like isn't this something you do on a pay-per-view like this is pretty risky for them to do that absolutely except for that one time at an apw show i caught a glimpse backstage of pentagon's face you did <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was at a it was at like that last apw show they were at i was like walking by and i like i, I looked to the side and like i just saw him full mask off wow i was like oh, oh what'd you look like you look okay basically what you saw <laughs> that's, that's 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 basically it um but yeah i mean and then uh I, what pentagon gets the win right and then yeah. eddie's like my best friend you won and he's kicking ray like all right we're done with you and then of course um the bastard Pac is back and you know i guess is he gonna try to reclaim the uh triangulo de la morte or yeah uh, what's what's gonna happen there Ooh, wait a wait a wait a second What's that? Pac and the Lucha Bros against Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade? Maybe. that's That could be it right there. But, yeah, so it's uh, – yeah, Eddie Kingston just kicks out Ray Fiend. So I'm like, what, is he out of the family now? I don't know. Or pa, they build it up, Pac versus Kingston, winner gets the Lucha Bros. Oh. Uh. They, they have a ladder match for their custody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, but like I said, I saw that, and um, – I was like, wait, why'd he kick him? And uh, I was like, that's so random. It's like, that seems part of your faction. You're treating him like crap now. So, uh, it, but it's just kind of random to me, at least, unless I miss some sort of explanation, which is why, you know, listen, to WWE's credit, you know, they kind of, at times, maybe too much re-explain stuff. But at least, like, when they show the promos again and over and over, it catches you up on what you might have missed. So that's why I kind of love about WWE in that sense. But anyway, yeah, Pac comes out. Gets mad at Eddie Kingston going off the uh, following up from the promo we had last week. And it looks like uh, they're going to take on each other next. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. A lot of people said, okay, so Pac's return. Is that the big power shift in wrestling that Tony Khan was referring to? That's it. Kind of underwhelming. So, I mean, we discussed Tony Khan's tweet earlier. So, I mean, listen, I'm glad to see Pac back. I'm glad to see that, you know, he was able to travel to the country. Hopefully he can get some matches in before he has to travel back home. Uh, unfortunately, with the big increase in cases of the coronavirus, I hope, you know, maybe he could stay. I mean, hope, I don't know if they're going to, you know, put another ban on international travel, though. I'm concerned about that. So a lot to to take in here now with this return. But nonetheless, I am happy to see him back. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we shall wait and see, as you like to say. Yes, we shall wait and see. I love that. So uh, overall, like I said, it was a fun episode, but there was definitely a lot of little things to break down. There was a little bit of head scratching, though. But overall, a lot of entertainment there, and it felt like a, a, a kickoff to a new season of AEW Dynamite. So a lot to look forward to next week. All right, Philip, let's go home for tonight. Where can all the clicksters find you online? 
Oh my God! Let's let's see. Where where should we start? <laughs> um, Heel Antwine H E E L A N T W I N E on the Twitter on the Twitterverse and the Instagram. The Bulletcast on Instagram, The Bulletcast on YouTube, at Bulletcast on Twitter, at Bulletcast on Facebook, even though we don't really use it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it. I did an interview with uh, Santana Jackson. He's, he was made famous a couple years ago for the moonwalking DDT. He wrestles as Michael Jackson. He's one of the premier Michael Jackson impersonators in Las Vegas at the residency for MJ Live. Mm-hmm. It was kind of eerie, man. I, I mean, he has a deeper voice than the king of pop, but I, I you kind of you feel like you're talking to Michael Jackson. It's it's. It's interesting. He sings a little bit. He talks about Eddie Guerrero being one of his biggest influences in wrestling. Nice. And he gives you a couple hee-hees and some... Gives you a couple couple of those Michael Jackson noises. So you, you love it. You love it. Which favorite Michael Jackson song? Ooh, I don't, I don't have one. They're all good. Oh, come on. It's kind of... Hey, 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 man. He, like, if you ask me any other artist, I can give you a favorite song. Like, hmm. like Drake, I think it's probably 8 out of 10 or 0 to 100. Pac... I'll go keep your head up, Biggie, hypnotize. But with Michael Jackson, too many, too many. They're all too good. Man, okay, no, that's fine. I'm. Uh, I mean, I you know, beat it. Uh, I, I love beat it because you know my uh, Eddie Van Halen plays guitar on. That's that. my favorite guitar solo, though. There you go. Hey, and rightfully so. It's a legend right there. Two legends on that track. Um, Thriller always uh, probably number one for me though. Thriller. Yeah, I have the I have the album from when it was released in '82. Dude, keep that. It's that's that's precious. Absolutely. Or even uh, uh, I love black and white. I mean, Slash I think plays guitar on that from Guns N' Roses plays yeah, guitar. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one also, man. Dude, no, it's awesome. So I mean, I yeah, I'm a big fan of Michael Jackson's uh, music as well. So uh, I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or excuse me, Facebook at Baby Huey official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey eighty three. Like I said before, please subscribe to In The Click on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Please share the podcast and go ahead, rate, leave a comment, all that good stuff. Email us in the click at gmail.com. And uh, looking forward to a lot more content. Like I said, I think we got the video aspect of this kind of working now. So I think we can maybe tap into some more video stuff in the coming weeks. So fingers crossed on that so please subscribe to in the click on youtube as well and on that note let's go home and that's the bottom line because he we said so <laughs>